0: That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network.
1: HRN is food radio supported by you. Learn more at heritageradionetwork.org.
2: The world is changing faster than ever, and you need a website to go with it. Whether you're a seasoned pro looking to build your following or just starting out with a brand new idea, you need a landing page that's bold, innovative,
1: and uniquely yours. Whatever your passion, you need a web designer with experience, panache, and heart. We can't help you with any of that. Hi,
2: I'm Lou Bank. And I'm Greg Benson. Are we Silicon Valley tech visionaries? No, we're podcast hosts. And that's basically the same thing. And we're here to tell you about
1: Ancestral Agave Syrup ancestral agave syrup is the 100% pure nectar of the agave plant. Now, wait a minute, you're thinking, I've had 100% pure agave nectar. Well, not like this, you haven't. That stuff is processed
2: with a diffuser, which introduces acid. Plus, it comes from Blue Weber, a monoculture that dominates farms, depletes the soil, and won't help you grow your brand or expand your e-commerce functionality.
1: Ancestral agave syrup, on the other hand, is made by slowly cooking down the pure Miel from Salmiana agaves in Hidalgo and Tlaxcala, two states that have been harvesting those plants for generations. It also won't expand your e-commerce functionality, but it will grow your brand if your brand is person who makes kick-ass margaritas or pecan pies or pancakes. Unfortunately the families behind
2: this tasty stuff are being offered big beer company bucks to rip out their agave and plant barley instead which would be a crime because ancestral agave syrup is about as far from the processed stuff as 100 pure vermont maple syrup is from that sticky bottle at a diner.
1: So don't build a home page from one of several easy to use templates but do grab ancestral agave syrup today our first 25 customers will also receive a special limited edition agave superhero comic book so do not wait protect the land make better drinks and save the bats by grabbing some today go to wait what was that about bats uh yeah it's an important food source on the migration path of the mexican long nosed bat huh yeah, the flowering stalks of the agave also provide protection from predators. Oh, that's cool. Should we get back to the ad now? Yeah, let's do that. Go to ancestralagave.com or click the link in the show notes to grab some today. Ancestral Agave syrup.
2: It won't help you build a beautiful website, but it will make your cocktails taste really, really good.
1: Tree, I'm a Bank.
3: I'm Heather Morse, and
1: this is Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed, award-winning podcast that helps X bartenders better understand agave, agave spirits, in rural Mexico, where you have just spent quite a bit of time, Heather.
3: Almost a month, yeah.
1: <laughs> Almost a month—that is awesome. So, you you reached out to me, and you found out about me through the the through your husband.
3: Right? Yes. Yep. Yep. Who, Former Cleveland bartenders. Right. Ooh, I met did you there.
1: I've done one tasting in Cleveland and <laughs> you know like this is this is the beauty of the world of agave is that it 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 well it's not the world of agave it's the world and agave in general, makes it yes. so small. It's so small and we're all connected. Um so uh like he attended a tasting that I did and you guys were headed to Mexico and so you reached out to find out if there was some place you should visit.
3: Yeah, so we were in we were actually in Mexico City and I remember we were we were like cooking in the kitchen and trying to figure out at the time we were supposed to have 3 days in Guadalajara so we were trying to figure out what to do that could help him. He loves learning about tequila, mezcal, everything to do with agave really. And um, I was, he was like, well, I met this, um, you know, I met this guy in Cleveland at a tasting who does <laughs> stuff in Mexico. He might know, maybe can give us some recommendations. So that's how I reached out to you. I sent you an email and then the beauty of what you do, it's very aligned with what I do um, with my company, Create Joy Travel. And so- You said,
1: you said create joy Create tra-
3: joy travel. travel. Okay. I don't know why I say it so quickly always. Because eh, you're
1: travel. just so used to the name. <laughs> the rest yeah. of us aren't, but you, I get that. <laughs> right. So when you reached out to me, obviously like anytime I can help somebody, I'm trying to help somebody. Uh, but uh, the story that you told me blew me away and made me think, okay, hang on, this is an episode of Agave Road Trip. Because you, I take, I take Agave Road Trips eight to ten times a year now. Um, but you've taken what I would consider the most epic Agave Road Trip I have ever heard of.
3: <laughs> yes, it was full of um, interesting adventures, wilds checkpoint stops from i don't know who <laughs> but i don't know who stopped us but people we were stopped and um yeah it was it was pretty amazing <laughs> yeah
1: so okay so let's get into it right like you you drove from your home in las vegas nevada to mexico yeah. city yeah, in your car yep, yep. okay so that that alone With? Oh, yeah, we're getting there. Hang on. It's the cliffhanger. We're getting okay, okay. there, which like in and of itself is pretty epic, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then you, the cherry on the top is you did this with your dog and your cat.
3: Yes. Well, you have a Great Dane Boxer and a great orange tabby cat. Great Dane
1: Boxer. <laughs> I yeah, mean, the French boy. tabby cat, like <laughs> any kind of cat. It's not like, you know, if you had said, like, yeah, what are those big ones? Like the Maine, the Maine.
3: Maine Coons. Yeah. Main coons, oh, like, those are
1: big cats. Mm-hmm. Like any cat yeah. is just a cat unless it's a huge cat. But <laughs> right. the fact that you had a giant dog in your car, Cab. I find <laughs> yeah. fascinating because, I mean, that adds. This is the point, right, that I want to make. And this is the point, I think, to the episode is. I got to believe that there are a bunch of Gringex bartenders who would be interested in doing what you did, traveling to Mexico in, in, in a car. Um, and and so I thought your insights could be helpful. And then you add on top of it, like, OK, I'd like to go for four weeks, but what do I do with my cat and dog? And, and you've got the answer to that, too.
3: Yep. Yeah, no, it was a really—I mean—from the moment we crossed the border to the moment we crossed the border <laughs> again, <laughs> it was—it was a wild ride. It, um, I mean, a lot of planning goes into it, especially when you're bringing a dog and a cat, right? I mean, you have to have—we never ended up showing our papers really at all the entire trip, not huh. through the border, not <laughs> yeah, you nothing. Mean, you like mean
1: for the for the animals, you had to show your passports.
3: Oh, we had to show our passport, but I mean, we had all the paperwork we had pretty much everything you can imagine we had the health certificates even though that's not required any longer really? we went and got them just in case yeah in 2019 they changed it you used to have to have a health certificate for each pet and yeah. now you just need to have a rabies certificate um oh. and and that's pretty much it so but we got a health certificate just in case because I mean, just, just in case, right. You never know. (laughs) Yeah, You don't don't want to have to leave
1: your dog at the border. I mean, the cat would be okay, but not the dog.
3: (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, the cat would be okay doing anything. I'm pretty sure he's crazy. Um, but yeah, so we never had to show papers for them. I mean, every stop that we had, every checkpoint, whether it was official or non-official, um, We didn't, we never showed paperwork for anything. So that was kind of wild. I mean, people should bring paperwork, but we didn't, we never really had to take anything out.
1: So, so let's, let's, let's start going down the, the whole, like the logistics of the trip. So, do, do you know roughly how many miles, how long it took you, that kind of stuff?
3: Yeah. So I would, I think it was about, if you, we, when we started in Las Vegas, cause we did stop in Tucson before inter crossing the border. Um, it, it was about, I think 35 to 40 hours, something like that from our home to Mexico City. And it took us on our way down four days. Um, we had one really, really long day cause we we took Spanish lessons in Mexico City. So we had to be back or be in Mexico City for for that mm-hmm. the start of those Spanish lessons. Um, and then on the way back, it took five days. Um, and then we spent two weeks in Mexico city. So we drove down 15 D, which is a toll road, which I highly recommend. Um,
1: you, you know, you, 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 recommend that road specifically or toll roads in general,
3: toll roads in general. Yeah. I actually, yeah, I don't, I mean, every route that we researched had some sort of, um, negative aspect to it right <laughs> 15d had its had its things that we had to be cautious about um the states that we were in some of them weren't the greatest or or weren't travel advisory the greatest mm-hmm. um but i i would recommend the route that we took because we got to, we got to see a lot of um aspects of mexico we got to see some mainland beach oceans Towns. Um, we got to drive through, through some really beautiful smaller towns. We got to drive through the monocultural area of agave.
1: Um, <laughs> oh, that's you know, so you're... beautiful! <laughs>
3: yeah, it was like miles and miles of agave. Just, I mean, and the, I mean, they grow them on the side of the mountains, so you're driving and you just see like this sea of blue and green. Um
1: you're you're talking so about the, you're talking about Jalisco now, right? The blue weber. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So
3: we I mean the the route itself I'd highly recommend. It was an easier entry point in the, the mm-hmm. Um and and even though some of the states w- weren't rated the greatest, we didn't really <laughs> I mean, we didn't really encounter anything insane except for not knowing who was who the checkpoints were. I think um that was probably the wildest aspect of the drive was these random like tent setups with guys in in um not really a uniform, well, just sort of searching and taking apart our vehicle. But
1: well, hang on a second. So when you cross <laughs> the border, they must be in uniform, right?
3: Oh yeah. They were you could tell that they were like border crossing agents. There was some military there. So that's very obvious you but, you can tell who's military and policia but these checkpoints didn't have policia vehicles
1: and and, and these are yeah. just parts it just in different parts of the state when you cross from one state to the other like you're just so you encountered it, yeah. about how many do you think that were unofficial
3: <laughs> unofficial yeah, yeah. um I, yeah it's a great word for it, it they truly seemed that way um mm. I would so we we had two going down um to oh. Mexico City and two coming back um and they they weren't typically located where one state ended in one like the state borders yeah. there we um on our way back we'd hit like ag- agricultural checks like do you have any fruits or nuts or veggies anything right. like that um these were like where are you from? We'd say Las Vegas. We were immediately directed to pull over. Um <laughs> like as soon as we said Las Vegas, they'd just oh, pull over. <laughs> um and and yeah, and then they'd begin, they'd ask us to get out and we'd be like, Can we bring out the dog and the cat? And of course they'd say yes. And so we're holding the cat on the side of the road, but he, luckily he's a champion. Um, and and honestly, I think um he was our savior in some of these circumstances really? because they were so oh yeah they were so fascinated with fuego more so than <laughs> fuego i think even searching the car like it's a good one name for guys, a cat
1: by the way fuego yeah, i like that, especially
3: yeah. when you're in mexico yeah. like yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That, that's a name <laughs> uh, they'll understand yeah. that's good
3: yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly and they the one guy took pictures for his son like he was like can i take pictures of fuego and Meanwhile, they're like tearing out our radio and like
1: wait 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 slow down hang on hang on so the guy took pictures of your cat like he'd never seen a cat before?
3: I think it was the fact that we were traveling with him and um he I mean there was a out of those four stops, two of the stops, it was very clear that Fuego was like he lessened the tension, um, if not even huh. caused them to be like move forward. I mean, the one of the ones coming back was um probably one of the sketchier ones. It was just like a guy standing with a tent behind him and a you know, and a gun that you could very clearly see, but no no real uniform. Yeah. Had like a scarf wrapped around his face. And yeah. <laughs> and he asked my husband Aaron Howard to um to roll down the window. Of uh, the driver's side back window uh, so he could look into the back of our jeep to see what we had and when he rolled it down all he sees is this cat just like sprawled out in his bed like just sleeping so like cutely and he laughed asked us the name of our pets and let us go without even you know caring where we were from or anything so there were definitely a few times swego saved the day
1: but not the dog uh, and you've got like a no. giant dog no, I would have thought care. the dog know, would. Duke. Oh, <laughs> that's so weird to me. Okay. So, anyway, so, so, uh, if Fuego saves the day. Bring a cat with you. Uh, bring maybe a you can, cat. maybe you can rent Total a cat advice. for the trip if you don't have one. And, <laughs> yes. uh, right. Can they rent your cat? Do you, uh, do you rent your oh, cat out for trips to Mexico? I
3: mean, it depends on the person. We'd have to really test him out. I don't know how Fuego would do. Yeah.
1: That's a good I'll yeah. Apparently,
3: okay with strangers because he was fine with, people yelling his name and taking his picture so as long as they pronounce fuego Fuego
1: properly it's okay oh yeah for sure
3: you need to pronounce his name (laughs)
1: but but okay so then but then the other thing that you said was they were taking apart your radio
3: oh yeah so they pulled um at one time they pulled our radio out of the car they put it back and it worked fine but they also pulled out like the side paneling of our kind of trunk area (laughs) um and they put that back out you know so
1: they put it back there properly were... or they just like. Oh, yeah.
3: Really? No, they just pop. Yeah, they popped it out, popped it back in. Um, I mean, it each stop varied in depth <laughs> of search. Yeah. So and there was no like it was weird. There wasn't like attention to it, but there was sort of like a who are these people that just searched our car because um, well, hey, we couldn't really tell who they were.
1: Hang on. There wasn't attention to it. If somebody I gotta tell you, if somebody pulls the radio out of my car, that like I'm gonna feel tension. Like I'm gonna yeah. I'm probably knowing me, I'm probably gonna get a little more uppity than I should be getting, right? Because I'm gonna be thinking, in my case, it's not gonna be my car, it's gonna be a rental car. And I'm gonna be yep. thinking about the charges that my non for profit is going to incur as a result of damage that these guys are going to do. And so I'm going to be, you know, hang on, hang on, hang on. But you didn't feel any of that? What about Aaron? Aaron must be somewhat human.
3: Oh, yeah. So so Aaron and I are very different, especially when traveling. Um, And so I think he was feeling it. I think one thing that helped again was the distraction of the pets being on the side of the road. And like one of us would have Fuego, one of us would have Duke. And I'd also be holding our paperwork like They'd always let me remove like my purse and the paperwork from the car and hold mm-hmm. on to it. Um and so I feel like Aaron was probably and I can't speak for him having having a completely different view of the situation, but I think their laughter and the human aspects of each one it kind of made it lighter. Like they were just normal people searching our I don't know, searching our car. They weren't mean. <laughs> they
1: were normal they, people searching their car. <laughs>
3: they were just Yeah, they weren't like, there was the last one that we had on our way back was, they were a little grumpy, but at that point we had done them so much, we kind of knew the routine, but the first two, we were really lucky in the introduction to that sort of procedure that we had because the first one was taking pictures of Fuego and like everyone was admiring Fuego and and the dog and, (laughs) and, and laughing at the fact that we were traveling with them, um, and asking one, uh, yeah. And the second one, one of the guys asked, "I have a um, world map on my forearm." One of the guys came over and was asking me about the world map and like so, and the tattoos that I had. So it was and broke. Mm. I mean, obviously, mm. it was very hard to interpret, uh, communicate. But so it wasn't like it wasn't it wasn't like an in, super intimidating situation for me. Um, but I think Aaron might feel differently. <laughs> should <interview> him too. <laughs> he, probably completely well, differently we're so different
1: <laughs> well but but i have to say too that uh, that being the case it's remarkable to me that um i mean what you're saying is is I've, I've seen not in my interactions with cartel members i have no idea if i've interacted with cartel members it sounds to me like you did <laughs> right
3: that's what our span our spanish teacher was hinting that the fact that that's what we were encountering yes
1: Right. So like yeah. given that, it's remarkable to me that that what you're saying in essence is they're just people too. And I, you know, yeah. I, I think there's I think there's an important lesson in that. I think we can be so intimidated by the things that we don't know
0: mm-hmm. and and
1: and and the people that we don't know. And you start you start making assumptions. I start making assumptions. I start making assumptions about like oh well, who works for the cartel? Well, I watched Ozark. I know what those people are like, right? But that's not who like people are people.
0: No. And yes, you, you exactly. show them that you've
1: got a pet cat. You're traveling through Mexico <laughs> with your cat and your dog. Yeah, and 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 they, and they become human, and that makes you more human. Yeah,
3: mm-hmm. yeah. And I think it was a matter of you know, I kind of go about, especially when traveling, go about the thought process of. Um, you know, I'm aware I am, I'm not like flighty or like, I don't kind of put my head in the cloud when it comes to, especially as when I travel solo as a person who, you know, I'm aware, but I'm not fearful. Cause I think if you live in fear while you're traveling, then you're never going to be like, you're just going to be tense and, and, um, close-minded the whole time. And Mexico is one of those countries you, you read so much negativity about it, but it is such a phenomenal country the people the culture the food the agave spirits like it's yeah. it's it's a beautiful country with wonderful people and it's i mean if you think about it safety wise like we have things in our country that aren't safe either yeah. and yeah
1: one of one of them's called chicago <laughs> yeah. where, where i yeah. live yeah yeah
3: exactly exactly so you just have to be conscious and aware and so I approach it as if if I, if my gut's telling me something, if I'm feeling some sort of tension or feeling, um, if I feel anxious about something, then I'll start becoming more solution forward. But in these circumstances, I feel like they were just doing something that was so routine to them. And so it didn't feel dangerous. Whoever they were, they didn't make it feel dangerous. They made it feel like this is the process we go through with ev- like whoever we pull over, just go through it, handle it be patient and then we'll let you go and that's kind of the I think that's why I had such like a, a positive <laughs> a positive quote unquote experience doing that. Um,
1: mm-hmm. yeah you know that reminds me of the the one time that uh, I am certain that my life was in danger in Mexico. And uh, I wasn't certain until I got out of the situation and got into the next town and was able to Google um, who those people were that stopped me at the checkpoint. Um, But in essence, you know, I was surrounded by 12 to 18 masked men brandishing machetes and bats. and. I had assumed they were teachers, and I, I think I did a, a piece of an episode about this one, so I'll, I'll I'll make a link to it in the episode file. But, you know, what it came down to was I just found a way to make the guys laugh. And yes. I think it, you know, I, I, I hadn't thought of it before, but now that you're saying this, like, like, it really, it comes back to the fact that we're all just people, and if we we interact mm-hmm. on that human-to-human level... We can get through a lot of really, <laughs> we can get through a lot of really awkward moments. Yeah. It's, it's funny, you know, like that, that was literally a life-threatening moment that I got through probably, the, well, not even probably, if if those really were cartel people that you interacted with, it was potentially life-threatening to you. And because yep. you didn't treat it as life-threatening, because you just treated them as human beings, you got through, yep. I got through, and I th- and then I think about the interactions we have sometimes on a daily basis with people that are hostile. Yeah. And they aren't life threatening, but we don't get through them as um, unscathed, right? And I th- yep. I think emotionally, there's all these these scars that I certainly carry from interactions with people that have been negative, and I think. Mm-hmm. I think there's a really good lesson. There's a good lesson in what you're saying about um, about how to travel through Mexico, but I think also just how to travel through life.
3: Yep. It's funny. Um, I'll use my husband as an example because, like I said, we're very different, right? I... Um, and I do this in my company too, with our travelers, but I set intentions prior to an experience, especially one that, you know, is going to be challenging, like Mm -hmm. road tripping with your pets through Mexico. Um, (laughs) and, and he actually set intentions for this trip too, to be positive and sort of not think worst case scenario, because in certain circumstances, especially when you're going in with one perceived view, it's easy to do that, right? It's easy to have, your bias perception and to have it sort of taint your experience and so my husband went in thinking positively about everything including interacting with people who speak a different language Um, and when he came out of it he said one of the things that he learned as a bartender like as someone who is in the service industry as a bartender he he said he's going to look at interactions when someone comes into the bar and and it doesn't speak the language well and struggles Uh with interacting and asking, he said he used to be impatient with that um, because, you know, he didn't he didn't understand what that's like. And in Mexico, he finally was the person who struggled to speak and had to have help from people who do speak the language in whether using Google Translate or something. And so now he's like, whenever someone's going to come in, my now my thought process is instead of giving them a hard time or being impatient or being even angry, I'm going to be like, we're on this adventure together. Let's figure it out. Like, how do we do this? Charades, Google Translate. Yep, like,
1: yep. he learned
3: a huge lesson. Um, oh, that's
1: so beautiful.
3: So- yeah, isn't it? And yeah. I, that's one of the, like, this, the powers of travel. And honestly, the power, I think, of Mexico as a country too because it's... Um, They're such an accepting people and they just sort of work with you. Like we had so many servers that didn't speak English. Obviously they're in, they're in Mexico. They don't need to, (laughs) and, and they worked with us and they taught us. We had so many servers that were like helped us learn Spanish, um, helped us like learn about the culture and learn about etiquette, um, Mexican etiquette while eating or doing anything just because they were willing to help. Um, and so I think that's super powerful too. Uh, a takeaway from our journey. Part of our experience is, is just the educational aspect, the perception aspect of it,
1: um, yeah.
3: is super powerful.
1: And, and it sounds to me like setting those expectations ahead of time and being mindful yep. of, of what you want out of it and how you're going into it to ensure that you get out of it, what you want out of it.
3: Exactly. Exactly. And Road tripping is one of those things, especially through Mexico, where you just you take things one thing at a time um, and and you just know how to do it. Right. You you research ahead of time, um, toll roads, even the way Mexicans drive, which is actually one of my favorite things about oh, the country.
1: You and me both. That whole suicide <laughs> oh, <love> lane. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pull over to the yeah. right so someone can pass. Yep. Yeah. Yep.
3: It's, it's just. Um, I feel like, especially when we drive here, um, and I, I use this, um, I use this thing that we uh, learned when we went to the Sphere here in Las Vegas and saw a postcard from Earth. Highly recommend if you're ever in Las Vegas. It's so profound. It's actually you're kind of surprised that they would do something um, for the masses so with such a message um, about like. How we're destroying the earth and um, climate change and individualism this, versus communityism. Is
1: a postcard from Earth? Is this a, a, a like a movie, a play? What is this?
3: It's it's a um, it's like a movie question mark um, <laughs> that they have it. They play it in a sphere. So the sphere is like you're oh, like 360 almost 360 degree. Yeah, three, mm-hmm. yeah, it's yeah, beautiful. Yeah but they mention in it this concept of being the center of the, like the spoke, right? You, you, Everyone wants to be the center. And I feel like the way we drive here, everybody's sort of just like driving for themselves. They're not driving for everyone else on the road. And in Mexico, it felt very much like everyone was driving as a community. Like even in the chaoticness, like there was, it was like a puzzle where you just sort of like threw the pieces and then you sort of like worked it out all together. I. I guess that's not a great way to explain it. But No no
1: no no no. I get I get what you're saying. Yeah. And, I, and I oftentimes feel that way. And then sometimes I wonder why does everybody have to just drive in the left hand lane? Yeah. <laughs> when, when I, sometimes I feel like like when you get the multiple lanes, the single lanes become relatively easy. But boy, they have like three lanes on each side and everyone's driving in that left hand lane and it just confounds mm-hmm.
3: me. And in Mexico, even if you have a one lane road, you have people driving half on the lane, half on the shoulder. Yeah. And then they're they're signaling to people like I we would even notice they signal with their right signal to say it's safe to pass like to or no, their left signal, it's yep. safe to pass me.
1: Yeah.
3: Um and the other side does the same thing and so you're able to pass in one lane with no problem. Like you don't need a passing lane to come up. Um so, yeah, so just learning those intricacies before you head out on a road trip to Mexico is important, too, because it will make your driving experience so smooth <laughs> when you get how they drive.
1: Now, one of the things that you said is you're you're talking about being prepared, right? One of the things that you said, and this was your first driving trip through Mexico, correct? Yes. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. So then one of the things that you appear to have been prepared for that surprises me is... When you got out of your car at these cartel checkpoints, and I don't know if they really were cartel, we're going to call them cartel checkpoints.
3: Right? It felt, yeah, yeah. they were unknowns. Unknowns. Uh, <laughs> we'll yeah. okay. When
1: you got out of your car, they let you take your stuff, which suggests like your valuables, the paperwork, the money, the phone, right? And I get the phone, like you got your purse with your money and your phone but having yeah. all of that paperwork in one place suggests to me that you were prepared for something like that.
3: Well, yeah, I didn't, I, you know, I thought about scenarios because you do read sort of travel stories of things going wrong while you're driving through Mexico and certain situations you can get in. So you wanna be prepared with extra pesos, a few USD dollars, like kind of in different places, but I had a whole folder <laughs> Um, you're, pulling, clearly, you're pulling a
1: quarter out of a guy's ear. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah. Aaron's got like money just hidden in different pockets. But you um, you know, I had one folder that clearly wasn't anything that they were gonna want that had pesos, a few dollars, it had all of our identification, our passports, like everything. So it was easy to grab and hold while I was holding the cat or the dog. Um and after the first checkpoint, I I just, I didn't ask in the first part, checkpoint. I sort of just grabbed the things that I didn't want to leave in the car and no one said anything. So I did it the second checkpoint and no one said anything. So I think um, as long as it doesn't, you know, you're not taking out like a suitcase and holding on to it. I think they're, you know, that was our experience was that it was okay to grab what was necessary and something went down so we could have what we needed on us. Uh-huh. So... That's yeah, so cool. Yeah, big lesson.
1: <laughs> well, well, Heather, yep. I think like that, that for me, I think is, is a wrap though. I would love if you could, if you could send me some of your favorite pictures or pictures of some of your favorite moments from the trip that yeah. I can share on the, um, uh, on the, uh, the episode page and,
3: Absolutely. and,
1: you know, and I'll put a link to your business. Cause I'm guessing, uh, you also help people do stuff like this. If this is the kind of trip they want to make. Right.
3: Yes. Yeah. So we're very goal oriented. So for example, this trip was the goal was to learn Spanish and immerse ourselves in that language. Um, We just happened to add a road trip (laughs) to it. Um, But yeah, we help people. It's sort of self-development focused um, and goal oriented. So yeah. And we help you prepare because that's a lot. I mean, the time it took us to prepare for this Mexico trip was quite, quite a lot between the two of us um and so we sort of just help take that time aspect off of their shoulders which is nice
1: okay cool so yeah so i'll add all of that into the episode information and uh, hey thank you so much and, and for yeah. for sharing for sharing your uh, your trip and thank Thank Aaron for remembering me. What was that? Six <laughs> years later.
3: Oh my gosh, 2017, right? Yeah. So seven almost?
1: Almost seven. Six and a half years later. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, please, uh, please thank him for me. And uh hey, I, I hope you and I end up running into each other on a trip at some point.
3: I think we will. We I think we I think we can make that happen. I don't I don't think it has to be uh... Serendipitous, I think we can just plan it, right? It could be fun.
1: Oh yeah. I guess that's the thing you do Mm -hmm. is you plan that stuff. (laughs) Okay.
3: Yeah. (laughs) That's you could it could be a combination of both.
1: (laughs) Sounds great. Thanks so much, Heather, and I'll catch up with you somewhere on an agave road trip.
3: Have a good one. Thank you, Lou.
1: You've been listening to Agave Road Trip, the critically acclaimed award-winning podcast that helps Gring X bartenders better understand Agave, Agave Spirits, and rural Mexico. We're blessed with sound engineering by Roy Sierra and a theme song performed by Gabriel Oliveira and Marco Ricos. Sign up to become a road tripper and listen to more episodes at agaveroadtrip.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please let us know. And if you hated it, well, I'm sure you'll let us know that too. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at Agave Road Trip. Agave Road Trip is a production of 10 Angry Pit Bulls, Inc. Agave Road Trip is powered by Simplecast. Thank you for listening to Heritage Radio Network. Heritage Radio Network is food radio, supported by you for our freshest content. Subscribe to our newsletter. To subscribe to the Heritage Radio newsletter, enter your email at the bottom of our website,
2: heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with Heritage Radio Network on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find Heritage Radio Network at facebook.com slash Network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization using the power of education. Educational storytelling about food to build a more equitable, resilient food system. Heritage Radio Network couldn't do that without support from listeners like you. Become a part of the world's most innovative community today. Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends. And please join the Heritage Radio Network family by becoming a member. To become a member of the Heritage Radio Network, click on the beating heart of our homepage. Heritage Radio Network can become addictive. Programming you hear on Heritage Radio Network might lead you to eat, drink, and listen to more programming on Heritage Radio Network. If you drink, please do not drink and drive. Drink responsibly. Drive responsibly. Eat responsibly too. And listen to Heritage Radio Network responsibly. To listen to Heritage Radio network responsibly, wear protective earbuds. While wearing protective earbuds, do not drive. Do not walk either. Sit in a comfortable chair. If that comfortable chair has a hard seat, please remember to stretch every 30 minutes. If you stretch every 30 minutes, please stay within your defined stressing capacity. And consult a doctor who specializes in stretching. If you don't have a doctor,
1: maybe Dr. Ryan Aycock, the cocktail MD, can help you out. Thanks for listening. Agave Road Trip.